0: The following audio is from Delta Church in Springfield, Illinois. Our purpose is to proclaim the gospel through the church to a world that needs Jesus Christ. We pray this sermon will aid and encourage your daily walk with Jesus. For more information about Delta, you can visit us online at deltachurch.net. Intentional parenting. and um, So when we say that, what we mean by that is this. Um, And If you want to write that down on the back of your little self-assessment thing you're going to take here in a few minutes... Uh, we gave you a lot of white space because it's not a lot of fill in the blanks. So if you don't have one of those, be sure to grab one of the self-assessments on the back. And if you're watching online, we'll uh, send that out on an email later so you can take that as well. So basically, here's here's the definition that we're after for tonight. Intentional parenting. So what we mean by that is providing a healthy environment for your children to thrive and grow. Okay? So providing a healthy environment... For your children to thrive and grow—that's the—that's kind of the win for us tonight. Is for you guys to um, build out some things um, when you think about um, what that what that means for you. Um, for uh, for our for our purposes tonight, kind of the key verse is Proverbs 22.6, six, um, and that's that famous passage of train up a child in the way that they will go when they're old, they not depart from it. Um, and so we'll be coming back around to that a lot. And uh, and then again, just seeding you guys with some practical um, components when it comes to this whole idea. And so um, just to kind of kick us off tonight, we want to just share some of, you know, our story and where we got to. And so Candy's going to uh, just take a few minutes and just share one of those moments with you.
1: he said, okay, sorry, he said, let's um, kind of use the analogy of a garden for our talk, and so uh, he's like, okay, I need you to come up with a good story, so I was like, okay, that works really well with gardening, so when Carrie was a little girl, we lived outside of Peoria on a farm, uh, which put the bug in me to live out again, which is what we're doing tomorrow, but anyway, um, our neighbors right next door uh, had a garden that they put out every year, a great garden, like it was, it was immaculate, and it was always very productive, awesome. And they were very sweet, two uh, ladies. And so they had said I could have part of the garden. If I wanted a few rows, it was huge. I was, I was glad to have it. And so um, one of the ladies' brothers had um, ponies that he actually kept on our property. And so in the fall, um, he would till in horse manure. Always do it in the fall so it wouldn't burn up the veggies. And then next spring, we were ready to go. And I was excited about that. Uh, I was always excited to plant my seeds. Always excited. I did not like to um, do anything else after that until you get to harvest which is why Charles is like, we're never having a garden, which we've had a few, and they've always been so overgrown with, you know, you can barely see the plants. They're always overgrown with weeds. Anyway, uh, one year, though, I planted Indian corn, which gets taller than the weeds, and pumpkin that can grow pretty much anywhere. I mean, in the soil that we had, it totally went really well, and so... um, That fall, actually, uh, I had an incredible harvest. I had a friend that came over uh, Wednesday afternoon, and we were supposed to go to church that night, and I said, let's just go see what the Indian corn looks like. And it was those huge ears, like you see, like if you go to the apple barn. Like they were all, everyone was like that. And so before church, I'm like, let's get it all out of here. I was so excited because I hadn't done anything but stick the seeds in the ground. And then uh, before the frost, Carrie and I, she was probably about, five or six, went out and got all the pumpkins. And we had so many pumpkins. I, my whole house was full. They were the cute ones, you know, not the really big ones, but the cute ones. Anyway, um, but the story that I had really pointing to that is that somebody else, not me, had done a really good job preparing that garden. Um, our goal in encouraging you all as parents uh, is to prepare really well for whatever stage you're in and whatever stage is coming. Um, the fact that I kind of got the benefit of somebody else's work in the garden was really nice. Uh, somebody else had done that hard labor. Uh, it is work to prepare a garden, a veggie garden, um, or to prepare your child's heart for the work that you want to see happen. You, you pray that God does in their heart. And so we, I just want to encourage you guys tonight. And um, we just like to open uh, again in prayer that God will give us discernment as we just share truths we've learned from him. God, I thank you so much for these people, for this family of faith that you have put us in. I thank you for all the children that you have so blessed our church with. And I just pray for the parents here, God. I pray um, that you would help them to learn your word and love your word themselves. And I would pray that you um, give them discernment as they teach their children about you, as they raise their children to learn about the mysteries of Christ as they point them toward the hope of salvation that they have found. And um, I just pray that this is a night when we can all learn together, and encourage one another in the great task and the blessing you've given us in being parents. In your name, amen.
0: So if so, if the big rock is this whole idea of providing um, a healthy environment where your children can thrive and grow, here's kind of the three Things that we want to chase after tonight. Number one is uh, we want you guys to take some time to assess um, how prepared you are, and so that's one of the things we're getting ready to do with the little self-assessment that we gave you. Um, just and this is this is for you, all right. We're not going to be doing a lot of sharing with that, but um, just want you to have that. The second thing is what are the tools that you need to succeed in kind of each stage of of parenting, and so we're going going to be looking at those things, and then lastly. Uh, we want you to walk away from here with the beginnings of your plan for what it looks like uh, to develop that healthy environment for growth with your children. And so we're going to be doing so. So tonight is really just kind of a launching pad for um, the rest of your parenting journey. Okay. Um we're not gonna you're not gonna come away from tonight with some kind of completed master plan of here's how I survive parenting or here's how I do you know, it's it's really the beginnings of it. Okay. So tools and then a a, a path, I guess if you will, when it comes comes to go get that. So here's what we want you to do. Um uh John, would you would you be willing to go up and give us a little music while we do the self assessment? So little working music, so that'd be awesome. So what we want you to do is just take two or three minutes, and um, you can either do it as a couple if you're here with your spouse, or um, you can do it by yourself if you don't want to do it with your spouse. Um, Okay, if you want to fill out one each, you can do that as well. Or if you're here by yourself, um, just fill out the assessment. And so just go with your gut instinct. Don't overthink it, um, and just take a few minutes just to kind of evaluate how prepared you are for the different stages that you're in, Um, And we haven't defined those stages yet, so just kind of guess at what they are. We're kind of using Delta language. Well, actually, I'll just tell them what they are now. So, um, nest, zero to two. Flock, um, two to three, right? Three to five, yeah. Flock, three to five. Um, Herd, kind of pre-K. There's a little overlap, kind of pre-K to um, third grade. And then school age, you know, is that kind of third grade to junior high, teenage years. And then young adulthood starts at 18, Um, So, um, and again, this is not like don't be hardcore about uh, getting it exactly right. Okay, so question. Yeah, so transitions are how are you helping your child transition from kind of one stage to the next? What are the things you're doing uh, to get ready for them to move from like... Um, even think about here at Delta, when you move from being in the nest to being in the flock, being in the flock to being in the herd, herd to school, school to teenage years, teenage years to young adulthood. And then skills are, what are the competencies, you know, that you feel like they need to have to be able to transition to that next next stage of life, if you will? Um, so think kind of big, broad. Don't necessarily think of, like, in you know, real specific things. But what are the broad things you feel like they need to be able to do? To move on into that next, you know, phase. Okay, and again, we're leaving this real open ended because parenting is. It, I mean, there's not one single pathway, right? And even in your own household, we're going to learn tonight. There's not one single pathway for how you parent because God has uniquely wired each one of your children very differently. Okay, so, um, but there are some broad principles. So just take a few minutes, Pastor John. Kick on a little, little music for us. There you go. He's working on some working music. I'm impressed that he's able to do it from his phone down here. (laughs) Just spend another sixty seconds. Is that not long enough, Brian? Do you need more time? Okay. And if you had, if you haven't hit a stage yet, obviously a lot of you guys, you know, you're not in young adult stage and those kind of things. Just, you know, don't be overly concerned about that yet. So but be thinking about it right cuz it's going to be here sooner than you think. we All right, let's take, let's take just a second and uh, just, just kind of debrief just a little bit. We're not going not gonna to dwell on this t- for too long. This is more just to kind of help you get some interest in where we're headed and think through how ready am I. So any, for anybody in the room, any kind of uh, ahas about just the, the self-assessment in general? Okay. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So for those those of you guys that are watching this online, um, Brian was just talking about that the aha for him was just the whole idea of um, thinking, being focused on the stage that he's in and not thinking too far out. And I would say that's probably, how many, how many would everybody else say that's, that's kind of, that's where you're at, right? Especially probably, um, you know, well, it depends, on. it doesn't matter what age your kids are, you just, that's where you're at, right? Because that's the reality of your moment, okay? So any other, any other just kind of ahas or like, oh, I hadn't thought about that? Kyle? transitions are super important. Yeah, yeah. And we probably don't think about those very often, right? Again, because we're just kind of consumed with what's what's in there. So, but um, yeah, that, that driver's license is just right around the corner, man, you know? So, it's just right there, right? So, um, <laughs> right, Erica? <laughs> you got two more that are just right there. It's uh yeah, so transitions are important. That's that's exactly right. Okay, good. Um all right, so any anything else? Anybody else? Meredith? Okay. 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 Yeah. Which, I mean, and there is some of that, right? Where you, you so, the, so the observation was, I'm evaluating how I'm doing based on how they're doing, okay? Um, and so, there there is some of that, right? So, um, but there's also, uh, as we see in Scripture, you know, you can plant, you can water, but the growth is up to the Father, right? So... Um, So, again, that's why going back to the main point that we said, how do you provide the healthy environment, okay, for your kids to, for your children to thrive and to grow, okay? Um, Because thriving for one may look differently than thriving for the other one um, or the other two or three or however many you've got. And so, um, how do you create the environment for all to thrive, and sometimes it takes a while to figure that out because your first one thrived a certain way and your second one, they're not thriving the same way. You know, they're not, they're not thriving in that same environment. So it's like, okay, how do we create a different environment for them to thrive in as well and make those environments all play together well, right? So, um, so again, that's, that's what we're going to talk about a little bit more later on this, okay? Good. All right, so here's what I want us to do. Um, there are four post-its around the room, okay? And um, I, I labeled one of them called uh, Markers of Success. So uh, we probably weren't as intentional about this early on as we were as we got towards the end of sending them off. But what we want you to do is, and we, we don't care how you organize yourselves, um, just, you know, just grab a grab three or four people or four or five people and grab a post-it and label it at the top markers of success well here's what we want you to do we want you to think out into the future for a few minutes okay candy's got some markers she'll just pass them around and we want you as, as as groups of in groups of four brainstorm what are what does it look like um what does success look like uh for your kids um, if you've parented them well, if you've created this environment for them to thrive and to grow, what does it look like? Okay? Because if we don't know, if, if, if we don't know what it looks like, we don't know what we're aiming at. Okay, and so this was a little bit of the homework that hopefully you did before you got here tonight uh, where you kind of built out some of those. If you didn't, don't worry about it, Um, um, but you'll have a few minutes to do that. So we're going to just take a few minutes. Uh, Yes, you do have to get up and move to one of the post-its, and someone has to write, okay? Um, And this is a brainstorm, right? So this is not – we're not looking for perfect answers right now. We're just looking for build out a list um, just to kind of get our brains working and thinking about what does it look like um, if I successfully – provided a healthy environment for my child to thrive and grow. What does my child look like when they leave my house? Okay. Um, What are some of those characteristics? All right. So grab three or four or five people. You got post-its. Candy's got a marker Um, and go. And if you're at home watching this online, uh, do this with your spouse if they're with you Um, or text a neighbor um, and brainstorm at home. There's, and there's four posts so uh, so spread out so try to keep try to keep it to like you know three or four or five people at most so we need a few more down here down the front There we go Take like about two to three more minutes and see if you can get at least 10, at least 10. Okay, take about 60 more seconds. You got 60 seconds. Okay, your work is not finished. John's gonna bring the music down. Here's what we need you to do. Stay right at your post-it. Stay right at your post-it. Don't leave your post-it yet. Over there, don't leave it. We want you to out of out of your list now, pick pick three. Pick three. Just star the three that you feel like, man, these are the these are the three critical ones. Okay? These are the three critical ones for your group. All right? kind of decide collectively as a group which three are kind of the 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 foundational piece okay just just star them did you guys bail out on your team over here we're di- oh okay all right and for you guys watching on Facebook John's going to take a picture and uh, he's going to post the post these brainstorms on the Facebook live post. You got your three? You guys got your three? Okay. Tommy, will you grab yours and bring it right here? Just You'll be the holder. Meredith, you guys got your three? Okay, all right. You guys have your three over here? Adam and Alexa? You guys have your three? Oh, you're working on it. Okay, you're still talking it through. You guys have your three here, Brian? Oh, you got four. Okay, well, you only get three. So, okay. So Brian, will you bring will you be the poster holder and bring it up here? All right. BK, will you uh, be the poster holder and bring it up? And then Brady, will you be the poster holder and bring it up? Bring your poster up. Yeah. Yeah. Here we go. All right, you guys can have a seat. That's good. Can we kind of see him? Oh, John's the way, but we can we'll be in soon here in a second. There we go. This is good. This is good. Brian's cheating. He's going to use a. Uh, there you go. All right, that works. They can can they can they see him on the feed? Can you guys come to Can you guys come to the middle so the people on Facebook can see you as well? There we go. So so here's the here's the deal with this exercise. You guys, right at the beginning, you you identify the challenge that you have as parents is that you're. You're you're living in the moment, which is which is a good thing, but at the same time, you, you you've got to be like the captain of a ship. Okay, so so you think about it's so like Candy and I, we got to ride, we got to do a couple of ferry boat rides. Uh, one from um, Ireland to Scotland, and then one back from Wales to Ireland. That one wasn't planned, but we did it anyway because uh, we had to get back to Dublin. Uh, and so I'm thankful for the ferry boat captain doing two things at the same time. One is he's always checking the dials of the ship to make the ship is continuing to run. So he's staying in the moment, right? Which is what you're doing as a parent right now. You're staying in the moment. But he's also the only one on the ship that's keeping his eyes on the horizon to make sure the ship is heading in the right direction. Um, and that's what this exercise is kind of beginning to get us to think about is what's out on the horizon. Um, because you're the, only, you're the only people that are doing that for your children, in the way that needs to be done for your children. There are other people that will occasionally come in and kind of think about that. But for you as parents, we want you to be thinking about what's 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 out there. So while you're looking at the dials, you've also got to occasionally glance up and look at the horizon, look at where you're headed um, to make sure that you're you're headed in the direction you want to be headed. So what I want us to do here with, with our lovely post-it holders here, um, just... With, with each one of your groups, somebody from your group just kind of holler out, what were, the, what were the two or three big rocks that you guys identified in your group? So let's start with this group up here. So that was the uh, Tommy and Sierra group with the Bennetts and you guys. What were, the, what were two or three things that you guys identified? Um, I can read them, but I want you guys to be a part of it. So what did you identify? Okay. Okay. Okay, yep, so salvation, knowing God. Yep, okay. Okay. Yep. Okay, awesome. Okay, cool. With the other three groups, um, did you have anything different than those top three? What, what did you guys have here in this front group? What was one of your top three that's different? Okay, be content. All right? Cool. So that whole Philippians 4, whatever my circumstances, I'll be content in them whether hard, good. Um I can I can be content, all right? Okay. Okay. It's not bondage, yeah, it's freedom. Okay, good. Good. Anything from the back two groups that's different from what you've heard mentioned so far? Okay. Yeah. All right. So they know how to wisely process and make decisions. Okay, good. Excellent. Anything else from the back group? Did you guys have anything different? Um, yes, ma'am. Okay. They can function. <laughs> okay. They're not still living in the basement, right? Okay. Age appropriate, not living in the basement. Yeah. All right. That's good. That's good. Excellent. Gentlemen, thank you. Give it give it give it up for the the it holders. So if you guys will just um, put those along the wall over there, because we may have some time, we're going to reference those back again. See, again, if you don't know what you're looking at, you—I mean, if you don't know what you're aiming at, right? Um, you're never going to know if you've gotten there or not. So, so I think this is this work that you guys have done here is good beginnings for you to think about what what am, what am I aiming at? Because um, again. The win for us tonight is this whole idea of intentional parenting, providing an environment where your kids can thrive and grow. Um, and so if that's the win, then, then these are some key, I think, some key things that you guys are already identifying. So here's what we want you to do. We want you to flip your paper over a spot where you can take some notes, and we're going to give you what we feel like are kind of four... Um, I don't know if they're principles, if you will. Uh, four tools to go back to the gardening imagery. Yeah, so these are kind of four tools that we feel like you can employ as parents um, that will help your kids thrive and grow. So we're going to kind of tag team back and forth on this one. Um, the first one, uh, and Candy's going to speak to it in more detail, but the, the your number one tool as a parent um, is prayer, Okay. And so, Kenny's going to give you some examples of what that's looked like in our own home and, and family life.
1: I truly believe that in my own life, um, I have not used prayer, and I have not prayed enough. Tara and I, when we, did a, we did a women's retreat on prayer a couple of years ago, and I, we talked and agreed so much on that, the, the importance of prayer in all all of our lives. We just don't we don't do it near enough for as much as we need the Lord. And in parenting, definitely, I need to be both praying for my children and praying with my children um, from the time they are born, right? I, I know we pray before we have our babies. We pray for their health. We pray for their um, to walk with Christ. We pray that we do a good job as a mom and dad with this new baby. Um, and then we need to just continue that. Some of the ways that I have done that, and I know that you guys do this, um, a lot of you all do this, um, is to pray with my children. Um, like at, at night, I remember very well standing over them when they were asleep and praying over them, which is a blessing that you can do that when they're asleep. And my, mine slept in the same room, and so it was, they were right there together. But um, I, was al- I felt like I was always praying over them. Something I did when they were older Um, and in school, is that I would pray with them on the way to school. We always did it. We did it until they were gone. We prayed as I was driving to school. Um, And so sometimes Maddie was tying her shoes up on the windshield while I was trying to pray, but I was always, I really wanted to put in mind to them that the most important relationship, their relationship with the Lord, needed to be foremost in their minds. They needed to be focused on the Lord before they headed out into their day. Um, as they got older, um, they did do their own Bible studies or quiet times um, when that fit into as that fit into their day. It wasn't something I was checking on them um, often. Occasionally, I would say, "What have you read?" or whatever. But um, but I wanted them to un- see that I was praying, and I wanted to always model that for them. Um, when they got to high school. Um, and this goes along with both scripture and prayer, but when they got to high school, um, I would send scripture with them every day. It's been hard not having them, somebody to put scripture with, because I always made lunches. I'm just one of those, they didn't like school lunch, whatever, so not like a peanut butter sandwich was that great, but, uh, but I always put scripture in. It usually had to do with what I'd read that morning for my own devotional time, um, but I just always wanted to put the Lord before them. It was just really important to me to always do that. Um, and then as, there, as they got further on um, in high school, when Charles and I would do devotions with them, we would pray with them. So prayer was just always a constant that they saw us doing, and I was praying for them. Um, something I did, I, I started when Carrie was in about seventh grade. Um, there's a group of uh, praying moms called Moms in Prayer, and they are they're it's a prayer group with homeschool moms meet or school. Um, the idea is you're praying for a school. So if you're homeschool, you would probably praying for Tara. <laughs> and the leaders of that, so you're praying for the teachers or the mentors, counselors, whoever are over the kids. Um, but um, I did that all the way through from the time we moved to Rochester and Carrie was in sixth grade. I met with moms and prayed with them like an hour a week. When I had the babies, we met somewhere where the babies could play while we prayed. I mean, I know it wasn't just because I, I had kids spread, so I had babies and school age. So, um, but meeting with other moms and praying for our kids and uh, both for their character, for their growth with the Lord, um, I still do it. I'm still meeting with a couple ladies, and we're praying, not as, not as weekly now, um, but praying for our kids in college which is a whole new stage, and they're really away now. Um, but the importance of that prayer time, i i just can't I just can't overestimate. i I uh, read a quote one time from one of the moms in prayer people who said, and I don't fully agree, but she said anybody can join like, um, like the moms uh, PTA. Uh, PTO, those are great organizations, but very few moms are setting aside time to pray for their children and their teachers. Very, very true. Um, and our, our teachers need the prayers very much and their principals and the, their friends and all of it. So I just encourage you in prayer um, all the time, corporately with other moms or dads and, um, and with your children and, f- and for your children and all that.
0: The other thing I would add to that is that we just had an expectation as soon as they were able to talk, um, they were involved in helping pray. Um, so uh, so even, you know, so obviously they weren't believers yet, but um just teaching that um there's an expectation that as a family we're just we're just gonna be praying. So whether it was at that mealtime or as they got older, uh just letting them lead out. Um as they got into junior high and high school, and we'll talk more about this when we talk about just the, the whole tool of of um, the word, but sometimes it's just like, hey, Madeline, it's your turn to lead the family devotion, and, you know, that's next Tuesday, and you get to do it, you know, uh, and if she needed help with something, you know, it'd give her a couple ideas, but for the most part, you know, you're on. Um, at mealtime, hey, Haley, will you pray? You know, and it wasn't an option for them to say no. It was just—it actually wasn't really a question. It was just more just, "Hey, Lee, it's your turn to pray tonight. You're gonna pray," you know, uh, just to get them into the rhythm of of being comfortable of verbalizing, articulating um, to the Father in that in the privacy of our home, um, you know. And I and I get the. Dealing with introverts and extroverts and how people process differently. Um, but, again, if you can just create that culture. Again, creating an environment for children to thrive and grow. Uh, and just knowing that that's that's who we are, that's what we do. So, so that's one. The second one is this, uh, the word. Um, and we kind of broke that up into three different components. So, the word, we talk about the word, being, being in the word. Uh, one, um, your time in the word. Because you can't give what you don't have. Uh, and so, the the best thing that you can give your children um, is the fact that you have a vibrant, healthy walk with the Father. Um, and so, do that first. Second, um, this time with your spouse in the Word. Um, they need to see you guys modeling that together as a couple. Um, and for us... You know, in certain seasons, it was as it was as quick as you know, five minutes at night. <laughs> we're doing this right before we go to bed, reading you know, John Piper's devotion of the day, you know, or uh, some somebody else at that moment. I mean, just been Then other seasons, it was you know, when we when Carrie was little, it was just us and her. Uh, we, you know, we were hosting, you know, new newly married couples Bible studies in our home, and she was seeing kind of that robust uh, time with other couples in our home. So uh, so then here at Delta, you know, when we first started Delta, we were doing community groups the way we were. We, we loved the fact that, you know, at the Loose House, you know, um, early on, the girls were just in the room with us. The Loose kids were in the room with us, and they're just a part of that conversation as was appropriate, and so... Um, so I think that that's really significant for you guys to be able to model your time in the word. Um, like you heard Candy say earlier, you know, the scriptures that she was giving to the girls at lunch was coming out of her devotions in the morning. Um, you know, so, and then just, um, dads again, modeling in front of your kids what it looks like just to spend time in the word, have time with them in the word. Um, and that's going to look different in every season. So don't stress out about, you know, if it's not whoever's said you gotta have family worship this way or do Bible study this way and you're just like, Man, it's just not working for us right now. Don't sweat that. All right. Keep the long view in mind. Um, you know, as you're as you're moving out and sometimes just the season of life you're in and with the number of kids you've got and where you're at, it may be five minutes. And even in that five minutes, that five minutes may be chaos. Okay. Um, but just keep you know, keep bringing the word uh, and keep taking care of yourself in your relationship with the father and, and your spouses. The third thing is this. So so prayer, the word, and then the third thing we would say is um, uh, the title that we gave it was team coaching. Okay, so uh, I'm going to let Candy unpack that a little bit with you so you kind of understand exactly what we're talking about when we talk about team coaching.
1: So Charles and I were on the boat, actually, the ferry, talking about this, and I said, let's use team coaching. And he said, I don't like that. I said, yeah, you think Rochester football, Derek Leonard, and he's got this huge team, right, of coaches, huge team of coaches that are coaching the whole team. He's the head, but everybody's got their job. And I said, I like that. Um, My parents were a really good example of team coaching. Uh, There were times, there were years that I had – uh, my dad was a district administrator for Springfield, but there were times that I had teachers that probably weren't his favorite, but my dad was the model just exam- of respect. And I know there were times that he and my mom talked privately about maybe a problem that was going on with me at school or something or something they didn't, ag- dis- something they didn't agree with, but it was never in front of me. They were a team when it came to discipline um, and to decision-making, um, it's so easy for children to learn how to play off each other or to play off the parents. You know, dad said I could do this or go to the parent that's easier or the parent that's tired or busy or whatever to get what you want. Um, and so I just, that's something Charles and I've really worked at and we have not gotten it right all the time, but to support each other, uh, talk about it later <laughs> or or pull pull each other aside if it's a big deal, and say, you know, we need before we say yes or no, or before we give our decision. Let's let's do this together. It's really important to do it together. So um, yeah, being on the same team is huge for your kids to see that. Uh, you guys working? Yeah.
0: So what? So what's that mean? That means you guys have to make sure you're carving out time to have those conversations. Um, so so this whole idea of team coaching means that. You've got to create enough margin in your day um, that you all have the opportunity to have those conversations. Um, and Or have them ahead of time. You know, there are, just, there are certain... So, I, I'll just give you a quick example of that. Uh, no one could date any of my daughters until they came to talk to me first. That was just a rule. Um, still's in, it's still in play, by the way. So... Uh, Uh, seriously. So even as they went off to college, um, you know, it's just like, if I, if I hear about a, if I hear about a boy, you know, and if, if it's, if he's officially, you know, wanting to date my daughter, I I want him to talk to me first. Um, And they just know that rule. So they kind of joke about it now, but they also know that I'm really serious about it. So, um, so even, even though they're not technically under my house, they're still under my, my responsibility, so, um, and we were on the same page about that. Um, uh, and, but that was something we said ahead of time and we just started talking. So, so the idea of transitions, so when they were like nine, 10, 11, and boys were like gross and you know, it's like, I'm like, you know what, you got an easy out. If a boy ever comes and asks you that he wants to take you out, just have him run it through me first. And so it just takes the pressure off of you of having to say yes or no, because you just say, you got to go talk to my dad, you know? And so you don't have to crush anybody's heart. I get to be the one that crushes their heart, right? So I don't mind crushing. So, uh, but so that whole idea of team coaching, there's also this idea of preparation. So be thinking about what decisions are we going to be just really firm on, you know? Uh, in our household, we, um, she, she more than I, but I, I, I agreed with her and I thought it was a good principle. You know, like one of the things we did early on in our girls' lives was um, we just, we, they didn't watch TV at all. Um, literally no TV at all except on Friday nights. And we had movie night. So through the week. But we decided that before we got to the place where we had to make a decision about it. Okay? So we weren't making the decision in the moment. We had made that decision ahead of time. So when it came to the to the day where they started pressing us on it, it wasn't a conversation because we're just like, here it is, you know? So, um, So some of those kinds of things, when we talk about transitions, those are the kind of things to talk about before you get there because when you try to make a decision in the heat of the moment, it's just and – you, and you can't do that with everything, all right? So you're going to have to be adaptable and make some things on the fly. But big rock stuff, try to say, hey, you know what? Before we get to, you know, the herd stage or grade school age stage, here's just four or five kind of things that we want to – these are just going to be good principles for us to have in place that we're just not going to budge on because um, I promise you, they'll bang up against the wall until they realize that the wall's not moving. And then when they realize the wall's not moving, they'll, they'll quit doing it, you know? They'll find a new wall to bang on, okay? all right. <laughs> I mean, there's always going to be a wall to bang on. Um, but once they figure out that the wall's not going to move, they will adjust and thrive inside that. Um, so that's the third one. Uh, the fourth one, uh, knowing each child. If you've got multiple kids, you've only got one knowing your child. So Katie's going to speak to that a little bit.
1: So it's always amazing to us, right? We have, If we have more than one, that our children are so different. They came from the same place and they're so different. Uh, Each created in the image of God, but each made totally, totally different. Um, One thing that has helped us a lot um, is understanding um, love languages. And I don't know if you've heard of that? It's been around for a very, very long time. Um, it was a, ba- a book that was written by uh, Gary, Chapman. Gary Chapman, probably 25 years ago, forever ago. Okay, it helps your, it helps you in your marriage and your rel- relationships with other people. If you're not even married, and it really helps with your children. The idea behind it is that um, we don't all express love or feel love in the same way. It's different. You might have a kid that um, just really gets excited when you give them a present, like unnaturally excited for, like, a card, okay? You might have a child that is very, very touchy-feely, huggy, you know, and I I had one that loved to be held a lot and one that was like, put me down, like, hand me my bottle, leave me alone. I don't want all the loving, touching, right? And you have some that the words that you speak, sincere words of encouragement, build them up. Extraordinarily, and another one that might be like, Yes, thanks, and it just doesn't really help them. And so, it's very interesting to study love languages because it helps you as a parent or a spouse uh, speak well into your kids. Um, And it's interesting because people will ask me, in fact, I was talking to a lady the other day and she said, Could you tell early with them? And I said, Oh, yeah, I could because children. Even by the time they're like probably Benjamin's age, they are expressing love to us in their love language. So Carrie would be a gift child. She still has gifts. Um, but she would be the one writing me little notes or bringing me a flower, right? So you, really quickly you see she wa- she's trying to love you with something. So that is actually the language that I need to be speaking to her. So once I figured that out, that helped me a lot. Haley's the hug was always the hugger, because she was always the one hugging, loving, right physical touch person. So if you haven't read the book, um, it's a short read and really helpful, I think, to parents, because it helps you speak you've got different different personalities in your house, and it helps you speak to each one. So um, was there another one on there
0: What's that? Yeah, well, so, yeah, so they're acts of service, yeah, is the other one there. So they're, they're, they're those five that he defines. Um, but, again, I, th- I love what Candy said. The other thing that factors into that is that you also have a love language, okay? And so you're going to tend to give love in the way that you like to receive love, okay? Well, if that's not your child's love language, you be feel like, man, I'm just, I'm, I'm smothering them with love, and they're just not getting it. Well, it's because theirs is different, Um, so the ones that are most challenging for you to do are going to be the ones, you know, that, um, you you just, just, as a parent, again, if you want to create an environment for your child to thrive and grow, how do you figure out how to do that, you know? Um, because God has put you in their life to be their parent to help them do that. So for me, acts of service was really, really hard early in our marriage, and that's her love language, you know. And so uh, it's just like suck it up, buttercup, and, 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 and do the laundry, you know, or wash the dishes or, you know, vacuum the house, whatever it was. If that was one of the ways that she felt loved, uh, why, why would you not do that? okay um, so so it's those kind of things that you have to work through. The other thing that I think has helped us along the way is to just be very um, aware of how each one of our kids are wired just like their personalities um, and some of their giftings, and really encourage those things in them uh, and not expect our other children to mimic. What their brother or sister did, you know. Um, so, like for instance, you guys know Maddie's a really good runner, um, and one of the things that makes her a really good runner is she's extremely focused. Um, she she'll just you know she knows how to knuckle down, um, create lists, you know, like her mom does, and just I mean she can, you know she she can run until her feet are bleeding. Um, and not know that her feet are bleeding until she's done right that's just but it also makes her a really bad driver, okay uh, hope she's not watching this um, so because she can she can get real she gets really focused right and as you drive, you got to be aware of your surroundings you know so um, so to if we tried to impose that expectation on haley um, man they just that would just cause her to crash and burn because um, Haley is, um, not that way. So, um, she's very social. Um, she has got lots of interests and does lots of different things. Uh, and so of are like, okay, so the difference between the two of them, Maddie's focused on, you know, running hard. Haley will wave and smile at you as she runs by, you know, Hey, I'm out here having a good time. I'm enjoying my friends. One, one tolerates the team and that's an over-exaggeration, but, one, one loves to run, the other one loves the team, okay? You know, both are running in college. When Haley's college coach asked her, why do you want to be on the cross-country team? She's like, well, I don't really like running, but I like being on the team, okay? You know, and, and, that's, and that's what's happening. She's got a lot of friends on the team, and, and she's enjoying that aspect of it, whereas Maddie, she's very focused on, you know, she's trying to qualify for nationals, you know, and so if we were trying to parent them the same way, we would cause both of them to crash and burn. So understanding how your children are wired, uh, you know, and as they got older, you know, we even had to do some personality tests kind of stuff. We'd, we we like to do some of that kind of stuff. And so we just, yeah, this is kind of how they're wired. And so we encourage that with them.
1: I just want to say really quick, for those of you who have kids that are starting to get older, grade school and stuff, um, one thing that helped with that personality and uh, mostly with the personality um, is that I was able, to, Charles and I were able to help them look career-wise by their giftings and their personality. So those of you who are here long enough to know Madeline when she was about fifth, sixth grade, she, w- she would gravitate to the youngest baby in the room. She loved brand newborns. By the time they were toddlers, she was hands off. Okay, somebody else can watch this child. The littler, the t- she loved them. And I, and I would say to her, Maddie, you're so good with babies. Oh, she was. She was so good. And some of you who had babies then were like, yep, give her to Madeline. She won't drop them. She'll hold them right. She'll pay attention. I mean, she's really good. And so the interesting thing about that is that by encouraging that in her, she saw career possibilities. She was starting to think, maybe I'll, I want to do something with babies then you know, which turned into maybe, I'd say, Maddie, you're just, you're so good at this, you you're lean toward doing something with babies, so then she started to be interested in possibly nurse. I said, what do you think about being a nurse? Well, and that was a great idea, so then she wanted to be a NICU nurse, and she got to go observe this summer, and she was like, I loved it. They were doing all kinds of sad things, you know, things to the little teeny babies. she goes, I loved it. So, but by seeing that in her and Haley, she started out um, being pretty little, but she would love the toddler and young young kid age. The whole teaching idea with Haley totally worked. I mean, she loved to teach. She was good. The kids liked her. Our neighbor kids were like, Can she come to play? Because she knows how to do crafts with us. And she she wanted to do things with children. I said, Maybe you should be a teacher, Haley. I mean, so by seeing their giftings and encouraging them, I really do think it it can help them rather than say you can do anything kind of, which, yes, potentially, but helping focus our children when we see the giftings God's given them, I think can really help them step forward when you're looking the long range.
0: So those, I think, are four good tools that you can lean into, prayer, the word, team coaching, um, and knowing your child. Um, So, so here's what I want us to do. I want us to now kind of um, take just a few minutes and go back to the article you read, hopefully, uh, and um, just kind of ask some questions about maybe what you learned from that uh, and um, just just unpack that for just a few minutes. So, uh, And if you didn't, here's kind of the two key points of the article. The, the key point was number one. Um, this is from Paul Tripp. Um, there's also an audio file too two key components. One is authority and the other is, um, the mysteries of God. So as, as people on this planet, we're always going to be under some kind of authority. And so if we can train our children early on, um, to learn how to submit to authority, that's one of the ways they're going to thrive and grow. Second thing is this early on, if we can help take the normal things of life and help reveal the mysteries of God, quite honestly, God's sovereignty. Um, our children are going to thrive and grow. So here's just some questions I want to ask you guys. As you read the article um, and as you think about that, what are, um, what are your biggest challenges when it comes to submitting to authority? What are your biggest challenges for you as an adult now when it comes to submitting to authority? And it's not rhetorical, by the way. I'm looking for a response. Okay, thinking you know what's best versus other people or even God, potentially. Okay, all right. What's that? Pride. Pride, okay, yeah, yeah, good. Somebody else? Can I trust that authority? Yeah, is that is that authority trustworthy? Okay, good. What else? Say it again. I don't want to be told what to do, yeah. I just, I want to do my thing, I want to do my way, all right? Okay, so I'm just gonna do whatever I gotta do to make them happy so I can get what I want, okay? Mm, That's good. Now let me ask a second question. How does that challenge affect how you parent now? Um, Or if you're not a parent yet, how could that affect how you will parent? Yeah. Could be how they how they how you want them to submit to you, okay? Yeah, that's good. Okay. Okay, yeah. So, just to summarize that for you guys, and also for the people listening on um, Facebook Live, um, you're, what you're saying, Brian, is if you if you think about how God treats you, and you relate to the Father, that helps you when you parent your kids and, and parenting them in a way that is more gentle. Um, maybe gives grace and mercy in a way that you may not have given it if you didn't if you didn't see it. Okay, that's good. Somebody else. yeah 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 if you'll just do what I tell you to do that'll make that'll make things go just yeah 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 right So the surface obedience, kind of the plastic obedience. Okay, I'll do it because you told me to do it, but I don't really like it, and I'm not going to do it when you're not looking at me. You're not getting at the root or the heart of the issue. Okay, that's good. That's really good. (laughs) Right, right, yeah, yeah. I'm sitting in my chair, but in my heart I'm standing up. I'm I'm still defiant right here, yeah, yeah. The Father, yeah, so I think I just know myself enough about my almost immediate default is like, I'm the dad, I'm just telling you to do something, just do it. Right, yep, I want them to see that I'm good at truth or not. Yeah. So really chasing after their heart, not just chasing after behavior modification. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just obey. Yeah. This is really good for you. Yeah. Not just not just do what I say. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, that's good. That's really good. Um. Paul Tripp had this, had this quote, and I thought this is really good. He says this, authority is a good thing. Authority is a wise thing. Authority is a protective thing. Authority doesn't crush my freedom. It gives me freedom. Let me read that one more time. Authority is a good thing. Authority is a wise thing. Authority is a pro, uh, protective thing. Authority doesn't crush my freedom. It gives me freedom. So this is a rhetorical question. Um, something for you to just kind of think on and dwell on. How can you create an environment where your children thrive under authority? How can you create an environment where your children thrive under authority? If If you believe that statement and believe what we've been talking about from Scripture, Scriptures that have been mentioned, that authority truly does give freedom. So as a parent, what can you do to create an environment where your children thrive underneath authority. And it's going to be different for each one of them, you know, because some of them are going to be on the surface people pleasers, like what um, you were talking about earlier, so Tara. uh, And so they'll obey you with their lips and maybe even their actions, but their heart is far from you because they're just trying to make you happy, but they don't really, you know, because they want something. Whereas it's kind of like the story of the prodigal son, right? One, the prodigal went away, came back, but the older son stayed. But in his heart, man, he wasn't happy with dad. Uh, and in the end, he was, you know, probably worse off than the, than the son that returned. Second thing is this. Uh, Tripp talks a lot about the mysteries of the universe. So um, when, you, when you think about that whole idea, the whole mysteries of God, Um, what are some ways that you're revealing the mysteries of God to your children in the stage they're in? Those of you guys that are parents. What are some of the ways you're revealing the mysteries of God right now? Yeah. Yeah. So even in the hard things of life just giving them very straight answers about God's sovereignty and who he is. Okay? That's really good. Somebody else. What are what are some ways you're just revealing the mysteries of God? Kyle? Okay. Talk about creation, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, and and that, that doesn't have to be hard, right, I mean, like right now we're getting ready to enter into fall, and what is happening in fall right now, you know, um as we go through the the seasons of life as as plants begin to you know get rid of their leaves and go dormant, you know um what's what's the purpose of things like rest and how God creates rest even in um even in the fields and even in the trees, uh, you know, so you can have those conversations about sabbathing as you are talking about things like the seasons, and those are those are easy conversations to have with you know even the littlest of children. They get that, they see it. So, Brady, what were you going to say? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sure. So even those little catechism kinds of things. like Yeah, that's good. So even those simple moments like when your child wakes up or like you said with um, when she would say... Um, I'm beautiful. Why are you beautiful? Because God created me. You know, image bearers, even planting those seeds early. I love for us here at Delta, the way we do worship, the fact that we have communion every week. For us, that actually led to salvation conversations with Kaylee. Um, so in those early days, you know, she would come to the table with us. Not a believer couldn't partake in the table. Why can't I do this? And that started, that started the conversation. Um, it didn't end there, but it started the conversation. So even in those, even in those little ways of, of the way that we worship, why we read scripture, why we sing the songs that we do, those are great ways to reveal the, the mysteries of, of God. So that's really, really good. Um, all right. So here's how we want to, want to wrap up our time tonight. Cause we're about four minutes out. Um, so we, we want you to think back through, okay, think back to the post think back to the self-assessment that you did early on, um, and think through for, for you guys as a couple, if you're here by yourself, you know, maybe start the conversation with your spouse later. What are, what are those four or five key markers we want to see, you want to see in your children when they hit young adulthood? Based on what we've talked about tonight with the tools that you have, the tools of of prayer, the word, team coaching, knowing each child, the big rocks of helping them submit to authority, understanding the mysteries of God. Um, What are one or two things um, that you can begin to do now um, to build on um, and um, even uh, if it's something you're really good at, continue to use as a strength in those kind of categories that we talked about in the self-assessment, so like in the stage you're in right now, if it's hey we want to work on transitioning, we want to get ready for that transition to the next stage okay so what are one or two things you need to do in the next you know six months um, to help your children get ready to transition from that herd stage to the school stage or from the nest to the flock or from the flock to the flock to the herd. You know, or from school to teenage years. Uh, begin to just, begin to kind of write some of those things out. So the first thing is, what are some of those markers? And then the second thing is, what's what's one or two things you can do? If you're here tonight and you, you don't have kids yet, um, you know, if you're not married yet, what are some things you need to do to begin to prepare yourself um, for that beginning stage? You know, so... Um, And again, think through, dream through, what do those markers look like um, on out there uh, for young adulthood? Okay, so take a few minutes, um, do that, and then we're going to close in prayer.
1: Okay, we've got two more things before we wrap up tonight. Just quick, um, I'd like for, uh, we'd like for you all to find uh, someone around you. So another couple, if you're a couple, if you're single here, you guys get together and pray for each other right now. Um, and then we have one more assignment uh, when you get done. So we'll just give you a couple minutes to pray for each, pray for the couple who's near you or the friend who's near you in in that in parenting. Pray pray for them.
0: Jesus, thank you for tonight, and thank you for these couples that are here and um, individuals that are here, Father. Lord, just continue to give us wisdom and clarity. Um, Help us to keep our hearts uh, focused on you, abiding in you, and the overflow of that abiding um, is parents who are creating environments for our kids to thrive and grow. So, Father, we thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So here's the deal. Um, In the next 60, 90 days, whatever you're working on, your homework is this. Who's that one other couple in our church um, that you will go to and say, here's my plan, help hold me accountable, okay? Um, These are the things that I want to be working on in the next 30, 90 days, Uh, you know, maybe just one or two things, but just share that with them uh, and then just Put on your calendar, hey, this is where we're going to get together and talk about it, or this is, you know, we're going to check up at church or something just to keep us moving forward so this doesn't just remain like a good conversation we had tonight, but it's actually going to change the way we um, behave and respond um, as parents who love Jesus and the overflow of that, the way we love our kids so they can um, thrive and grow in these environments we're trying to create. All right, so that's your that's your takeaway homework uh, from tonight. Find an accountability person or couple that will help you with that. Okay, Brian, it's all yours. Great. Let's give the uh, Campbells a round of applause. Thank you very much, Charles Candy, for being here. Um, that's all we have planned for tonight. I know the Campbells um, would be happy to uh, to field your questions as you see fit afterwards. Um, they're jet lagged, so maybe not tonight, but uh, maybe some other time. Oh, okay. Charles is driving to St. Louis tonight, so give him a call on the way there. Keep him awake. Um, thank you very much for, for being here. Go in peace.